Mastermind. Mastermind. You are now listening to the Money Mastermind Podcast. International podcast that has real conversations about financial literacy and achieving financial freedom through smart investing. And today's topic is keys to family business success. We have a special guest, a wonderful guest. This is family, Miss Amber Khan, founder of Moki Pops, which is an all natural vegan popsicle business started by her children. Moki Pops was started by three kids' siblings in the spring of 2016 when you guys challenged them Mm -hmm. to do something other than surfing on electronic devices. How are you doing today, Amber? I'm doing well. Thank you, Suleiman, for having me on your show. I'm looking forward to just talking about what it takes to uh, run a family business just from uh, my perspective and my experiences. This business is Black-owned, it's kids-started, it's women-owned, And it's a family business. I just want to say hats off to you from the top. That is an amazing, amazing background story. I think this is going to be a great episode for our audience today. So, you know, this this podcast is educational. It's about making things very simple for the simple everyday person. So we want to, you know, take a little peek into your life, into your experiences, and then make it something applicable for the listener. So can you tell us how, like, just give us a little bit more in-depth background on how this started. How this started. So I was a stay-at-home mom. My husband worked full-time. I was at home with three children, all under the age of seven. And like many parents, probably their children are constantly picking up electronic devices and, you know, you tell them to put it down, they keep picking it up and, you know, it just gets a little frustrating. Um, And so my husband and I presented a challenge to our children to come up with something constructive to do for the summer that did not involve electronic devices. And they immediately said, no hesitation, that they wanted to start their own business. Wow. And the reason why that was first and foremost, because I was thinking they were going to talk about, can we go to the water park? Can we go skating? (laughs) but they had recently gone to my nephew's Shark Tank style presentation where he had won first place Mm -hmm. and they were motivated, um, you know, through the excitement, they were in the audience and so forth. And um, they were just, you know, from that point of watching him, they were motivated and inspired to start their own business. Um, And so I said, well, you know, sure. What do you all want to sell? We had already been making popsicles for our family for over a year, um, just trying out different ingredients at home, different uh, recipes. And we were taking them to different potlucks with friends and everyone always loved them. Um, so they wanted to sell the popsicles. Mm. And, you know, we, uh, my background, I'm gonna jump for a second. My background is in graphic design and advertising. I worked in the field for over 20 years. Mm. And so I gave my children a lesson on branding um, and you know, representing themselves uh, through the name and the image of their company. And so they, I said, come up with a name that is, that is kid-friendly, something that sounds fun, is indicative that you all are children. Um, 
and that it would be easy to say. And so they came up with Kimioki Moki Pops, which was a bit much. Um, and we figured we would have to explain that over and over again. Um, and so we shortened it to Moki Pops. And they went out to their first event and um, they sold 85 popsicles, which was the extent of their inventory. And they sold out in 45 minutes. Wow. And they were excited. I was excited. Um, I was just like, oh, this is interesting. They sold out. But then while they were at that event, they got invited to another event the following week. And they worked all week and they made 300 popsicles and they sold all 300 popsicles and sold out within two and a half hours. Wow. And that's when I was like, oh, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> me and dad were like, maybe they're on to something. Let's just keep this going. Mm -hmm. So every time we went to an event, they got a new invitation. And of course, people were attracted to children and, you know, very encouraging to them. Um, and we just followed, we followed the hype and we followed the, the, the motivation of people just, you know, encouraging them all the time. Mm. And it was maybe, maybe a few months into selling popsicles. And we were like, well, maybe we should become like a full fledged, you know, company um, and like get some funding and so forth. And I say, hold up, wait a minute, let's prove to ourselves that we are in this to win it. You know, let's see how far we really commit ourselves before we start engaging others. Um, and so we sold for about a year, um, going to a lot of different events around the city, always getting invitations. And then my son, who was seven at the time, said, how can we make more money and not be at every single event? I was just like, huh. That's a very intelligent question. So I was at that point, I said, this is when we made the commitment to educate ourselves business-wise because, well, you know, I didn't have the orientation of like being business savvy. There's a whole lot that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, and so we made that commitment, you know, of getting into some classes and educating ourselves, but also certifying the business and becoming a legitimate business. Mm. Um, and so that's when we made sure that we put all the paperwork into place. Um, and that was in um, July of 2017. So on paper, you know, the business looks shorter than it actually was, you know, it depends on, you know, yeah, who. Yeah, no, I get it, I get it. But so, <laughs> so you started out in two, six, 2016, it was like, you know, let's just, challenge them let's just see what see how it goes but then it started to pick up and you're like a year later this is we're on to something so this needs we need to make this official so you went and handled all of your paperwork you got your licensing you make sure that you copyrighted everything and and you also took courses to inform mm -hmm. yourself so that you make the correct steps am i am i correct on that you're 100% correct sounds sounds mm -hmm. amazing sounds amazing so at what point did like, did the children pick up on this transition from, you know, something cool that we're doing to this is a business at the same pace that the adults did? Or did it happen at a different time frame? Or did they do happen before you? What are you exactly asking? What I, what I mean is, like, when did the, the children started to understand that this is an actual business and we need to, you know, take this officially? What I mean by that is, like, you know, having your paperwork in order and keeping logs of, you know, inventory, things like that. Um. Yeah, so that, I think that came when they got recognized by the local chamber of commerce. Mm. And so they they 
in 2017, um, May of 2017, they got recognized for their kid entrepreneurship. Mm. Um, and this was in front of 200 adults. Mm. They were only children that were there. And it kind of put the business on a different level where they were like, oh, wait a minute, other people see and recognize us as a legitimate business. And with that comes a certain responsibility. They understood that then they were only ages at that point, they were ages four, six, and eight. Um, And so just with the right people talking in their ear, um, talking about, you know, LLCs and talking about making sure that you, um, your business is aligned a certain way. They were going to chamber of commerce meetings mm. uh, with their notebooks. Um, all of this is nicely documented with pictures. You know, they were going to um, little presentations, you know, just about business at a very young age. And so they knew that there was a change that was coming and it was, or that was upon them. And it still took me and dad, you know, reminding them that, okay, now that we are, we're stepping into a new part of business is not just about making popsicles and eating popsicles Um, (laughs) because that part was easy. In the beginning, it was like, oh, let's just make strawberry lemon popsicles. Let's just blend up some strawberries and put some lemon to it and freeze it. You know, all of that was the easy part. You know, the challenging part came in, you know, making investments into their own business and um, getting paperwork um, and sitting in meetings when they didn't feel like necessarily sitting in meetings or, you know, now you can't just freely eat all the product because as you (laughs) eat the product, you know, you're eating your money, you know, just take that, take that $10 bill and stuff it in your mouth is what I would say that that's what you're doing. You know, um, and so they started understanding that. And then once they started, you know, seeing their money stacking up in their own bank accounts, you know, then they were really motivated, you know, and it's, it's their level of financial responsibility. No, no, no. I won't say responsibility, but their level of financial understanding, but like they're sensitive to what they spend their money on. You know, they, they. They know that like most kids their age might think that money grows on trees. They are very clear that money does not grow on trees. So, yeah, I think that is, man, that is a fascinating story. And I think that it's critical for us uh, to to have our children get financial literacy at a very young age because the the school system is not going to give that to our children. So we have to do it ourselves. So this is a, a fascinating trip. Uh, a journey. And it's been, you said 2016, so it's been about five years now. So how has the business, how has the business evolved over mm-hmm. this five-year uh, time frame? And how did you guys, you know, scale up and continue to build in within these five years? And how has it, how has it changed? I'm sure you've went through many different flavors. You guys have like a staple flavor, mm-hmm. uh, a staple mm-hmm. recipe. Like I know that was a long journey fine tuning exactly what you guys brand and and, and um, product is. So tell me about that. Well, um, we ha- we've produced a lot of different flavors. First of all, I'll say that our product, Moki Pops, is all natural, vegan, no dairy, no dyes, and no refined sugar. Mm. Um, we use natural, I mean, whole fruits and herbs 
for the popsicles. And so we don't have just a whole lot of additives. You know, most of them have no more than four ingredients in them, unless they have some spices in it. Um, so some of the flavors, our top flavors are basil lemonade, lemon ginger, uh, creamy chocolate, mango cream, and, um, and strawberry lemonade, if I didn't say that. Um, so those are the five flavors that we've reduced down from, you know, more than 30 flavors that we've produced um, that are off like they, they just sell out every single time. Mm. Um, but we've had other flavors like hibiscus strawberry and coconut lime um, and you know just a, a lot of different versions of pops to grape ginger, you know, that are very tasty. And it doesn't come out the kitchen unless it tastes good and it all <laughs> tastes good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I, I don't eat them that often, but when I, um, and I don't eat them that often, just because that's how my nature is. Like once I eat some, then I'll eat a whole lot. So I could sit and eat like eight basil lemonade or eight lemon ginger, which are my two favorite ones. Um, I can eat them in one sitting. Wow. Um, but they're really good. What are, you said they're, you know, all natural without a, a lot of those additives and things. So, um, and vegan. So you guys were ahead of the, the vegan wave. Are you, <laughs> you guys were, you had some foresight, huh? That, that's funny because we made the pops vegan just so my husband can eat them. Mm. Um, and I've always, you know, we've been married for almost 15 years. And, <laughs> he's dancing in the background. Um, <laughs> we've been married for almost 15 years. And it's always this thing when it comes to like food, because I just like to eat good and I'd like to eat healthy, you know, and he has his version of um, eating vegan. And so um, making them specifically so that he can enjoy in the fat, the family popsicle <laughs> times. But I was not aware that veganism was a trend. I didn't. Mm -hmm. Also, I didn't know that kid entrepreneurship was a trend. I, ju I just did what was natural for us to do in that, in that time frame of our life. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I look up, I didn't even realize that you know, oh, wait a minute, this vegan popsicle fits into the trend of, of what's going on these days. And even we had no idea of other popsicle business around us. It was just what we did. Wow. Um, and then as it grew, it, it, we were like, okay, we can, we see where we're relevant mm -hmm. um, and we fit in. Yeah. Excellent. So, so do you guys ever outsource and get employees or, or staff from outside of the family? Well, um, so we first started off with hiring kids. That was their goal was they wanted to hire children so that they too can have their own money. Um, so they started picking and choosing of their friend base. And they had a lot of friends, those that they prefer to work with, mm. not just based off of who they like, because my kids are very critical. Um, <laughs> they're just like, okay, this kid doesn't pay attention or <laughs> this kid, oh no, like this is not going to work because all they want to do is just eat the popsicles and not work. Mm. Um, but I will tell you, and it's just now, um, I'm just now remembering one of our favorite employees that we all agree on is your nephew, Zafir. Oh, really? Wow. Like he's, he's worked with us probably the most in the beginning. I haven't seen him recently, 
but he's one of our top employee kid employees. Wow. And he's very focused. Wow. Um, and I just, we love the way he just comes in and he listens, he assesses, and then he works. Wow. So, um, but he's going to be a business owner. And we, we already know that because the Akbars are just like that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, so there was like an informal interview process <laughs> with the kids. Like they had to give yeah. a CV or <laughs> what, how did it go? Um, you know, we, we, we picked based off of, you know, what our, what we saw in everyday interactions with some of the kids. And then we had them work with it, with us, and then we refined it from there. So there's been kids who have worked with us who haven't been invited back. Um, not that they're bad, but maybe they just weren't the best fit. Um, and then, um, some of them who are just fun to work with because our children work, but they actually have fun too so they because they're so young like when we work at festivals we have an event nanny and so the um event nanny makes sure that they'll work for about an hour and then they go on break for about an hour or Mm. two and they'll make sure that they eat on time and make sure that they go to the restroom so that the flow at the booth is still um still going Um, and that's for our larger events so we've been to some of the festivals, upwards of 25,000 people, and, and it, we have to have, have that. That's that's really interesting because, you know, that's about time management and making sure everything flows properly. So is there, uh, I know that over time, you probably develop these type of routines. So for your children, was there something, like, was there a, a time period in which you had to develop a work-life balance for them, like with juggling school, being at home, the business, like how did that uh, develop over time? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the, the thick of it is now with COVID, you know, um, and it's changed over time um, because when they were in school, like in the building, there was a work home balance of, you know, making sure that like our events didn't, sometimes their school the next day was impacted by what we did as a business the following, the previous day or even the following day. So their schedule was impacted in that way. And there was just different things that we had to put in place to make sure that they got homework done, where when we were doing production, you know, preparing for large events or for trips, um, that they had a space within the production kitchen to work. They had like, we had, we have blow up beds and blow up sofas um, for them to, to work, I mean, um, to either do their work or to rest in. But now, in current times, which is probably the most challenging for me because I fully homeschool two of them, mm. and the, the oldest daughter is in virtual school, and there is a work-home balance, you know, where, you know, we have a very set schedule. Thank you to my husband, because <laughs> I'm, I'm not... Um, the best at that type of uh, routine schedule, but he makes sure that they're up in the morning at a certain time and that we're starting school and they go from doing schoolwork from 9 a.m. till 1.30 p.m. And then I tell them, don't talk to me because I have work to do (laughs) for the next four hours. And so then, you know, they kind of give me that space. And then it's, that's, I probably really only work Milky Pops right now, only four hours out of the the day officially until Mm. um, after dinner, after evening activities. And then I'll go back to doing work at 10 o'clock at night 
Mm-hmm. Well, in case I you didn't notice, did you notice that there's no business hours these days that businesses will message you at midnight? Yeah. And we'll text you at midnight all the time for me. And yeah. we will talk business with companies at, you know, at midnight and people respond. Yeah. Things have, things have changed. COVID has changed the world, you know, and there's, you know, there's even um, a new change where there is a reduction. There's no need for a brick and mortar. Uh, 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 an actual location anymore. You know, um, now you have to adjust because of COVID um, and and businesses have to c- continue on even though there's social distancing, there's precautionary measures, there's even lockdown. So that was actually leading into my next question, which was how did you evolve when COVID hit because mm-hmm. to sell the, the popsicles, I, I'm su- assuming your model was to be in person at an event, mm-hmm. you know, to, to sell. But since COVID, a lot of those events have, have not, you know, they've been shut down. They haven't happened. Um, people aren't coming out as much. So how has the business evolved to make sure that you continue meeting, you know, your smart goals, the amount of revenue you're expecting? How did you evolve in that way? Good question. So in that video that I just sent you, um, GoDaddy, which is the online platform, they did a documentary on our family mm. and they followed us for nine months and recorded. First, it was just about um, the, the financial disparities of black businesses in the Atlanta area. But then when COVID hit in the middle of the project, then it was how did the impacts of COVID you know, hit our business, which was interesting. So the reason why GoDaddy chose us is because right before the pandemic, we took a class um, with them. It was a 12-week class on how to take your business online. Mm. And so, and how to utilize their platform. You know, GoDaddy is an online um, web platform. How to utilize their platform to um, benefit your business. And so, I had already been using GoDaddy for the past 10 years. So it wasn't new to me. I mean, there were some, some little, um, little pieces here and there that I, I learned along the way. But what I got from that was two years. Once going through the class for 12 weeks, I qualified for two years of free internet and e-commerce from them. So then COVID hit, much like everybody else, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how to process that information. I walked in circles for about two weeks. Like, okay, so what are we supposed to do with business? And like, how are we supposed to make money? And and all of our businesses shut down. Everything that we had already planned for the year, because mm-hmm. um, our schedule had been built out by February, um, was wiped off the board. And wow. that's when I kind of was like, in panic mode, like, okay, this doesn't look good. And when the NBA shut down, I was just like, hold up, wait a minute. What what is this supposed to mean? The world is really gonna change. And so then, um, and then I listened to a podcast by a big business and they were talking about pivoting your company and they mentioned taking your business online. And I was just like, oh, wait a minute, hold on. We just did GoDaddy. We have this whole platform. I literally went on and 
built out our e-commerce. They make things very simple. Um, I built out our commerce in probably less than an hour. Um, And I kid you not, while I was hitting the, what do you call it? The upload button, the last upload button, I had our first order. Wow. And I was just like, is this a, I said, is this a real (laughs) order? Someone was actually ordering while I was uploading the website. And I thought it was like GoDaddy sending me like a test order. And then they had their phone number in there and I called it. I was just like, is this a real order? There's like, oh yeah, I just found you guys on Google and I just ordered and I'm in Ohio. I was like, oh, I was was so excited. And I was just like, oh, wait a minute. This thing is real. Like people will see us in order all across the United States. Wow, amazing. So that gave me confidence. And then also we went out probably three weeks into COVID and we just decided to sell the pops to our neighborhood. And we thought that we would sell about 20 popsicles and we sold about 150 popsicles in a couple hours. And we're like, hold on, wait a minute. People are still buying. People still want to treat themselves. Absolutely. And so with that, we just said, all right, let's, let's go ahead. And we started offering porch deliveries to the customers who um, were ordering through our website. And so we started masking up, putting gloves on, and then we would drive to the different houses. We charged them initially a $10 fee um, to deliver, but the deliveries were all around Atlanta. So we were driving far. From there, we just kept going. That is so amazing. that's how we do business now. That is amazing. You, you kind of preempted the COVID hit and I think that it's very important that, as you said, being able to fit, to pivot your business, depending upon whatever the unforeseen circumstances are. But in order to do that, you have to have the information. So you were, you were taking classes. So as a, an entrepreneur, you never think you know everything. You always need to continue to upskill, always need to continue to learn more, to read more, to experience more, and to be able to be and, and be agile. So I think that that was Man, kudos to you for for making that happen. So, what is next for Moki Pops? Like, are you guys planning on getting into? Well, are you already in stores like Walmart and things like that, or is that the next step? Mm-hmm. So, we're in local stores here. We're in six stores now. Mm-hmm. Um, our goal is to go into the big box stores, the WalMarts, the Costco's, the Whole Foods, and so forth. So that was already that was already our goal in 2020 Mm. before COVID hit was to go into the big box stores Mm. um and so doing it online still making money you know it kind of provided a better opportunity for us to go into the big box stores Mm. because those are probably the businesses that are more solid right now and they're still looking for products Mm. still looking for new businesses um, and so we already are working out with two different large retailers right now, currently, um, say a prayer for us, um, and getting those, these two deals would um, really help project us forward and like seal the goal that we were already looking to achieve. Great. That is, that is amazing. And um, I'm sure you will get into those stores I'm, I'm i'm cheering on cheering you guys on rooting for you um there's one other thing that i that i that i thought about before was 
when you when you spoke about um, your your husband making the schedule. So in family structures, there are certain people, certain individuals have specific skills, strengths. So how do you guys identify those strengths and how do you allow each person to play and to contribute to the family business and, and make sure that you're getting the, the most out of each individual of that family unit and also being able to, to, to work and, and say, okay, you're good at that. So I'm gonna back off and let you handle that part. Like, how do you do that? So I'm still learning that to be honest. <laughs> um, in the in the beginning, okay, so a year ago, um, actually September 4th of 20, uh, 2019, my husband actually resigned from his position um, with the city of Atlanta and went on full-time with Mokey Pops. And that was a, something that we talked about for um, a couple years before he actually did it. And, you know, sometimes in your head, you're thinking it's a magical solution that okay, the family wants to go in the business. We're going to just move seamlessly together and voila, we're going to be, you know, wealthy, you know, from our, our efforts together. But I remember my, my business mentor saying that, like I, I tout it to him very proudly that my husband was coming on full time with Moki Pops and he's older, he's in his seventies. He was just like, okay, well, you know, you're going to have to work that out first because that's that's a learning curve on its own. You know, like you're going to have to try to figure out who's who's going to do what, you know, and when it's when it's family, then it's, you know, the lines are blurred at times, Yeah. you know, and when he said it, I didn't really want to accept that that would be the reality because we didn't have time for that. Um, didn't have time within our business schedule to focus on that, like that personal part of it, you know, that we would have to figure out, okay, this is what you're going to do. When we go to meetings, like this is what I handle, this is what you handle. And I will say that it was a little more challenging in the beginning than I realized, you know, just being comfortable, especially because I had already been doing it full time for four and a half years at that point. But then having my husband come in, then we had to, but the way that we work naturally, like just in our relationship, like we work well together. So wherever the other has strength, we just allow them to kind of take the lead on that. And we don't have to always have definitive conversations. However, in business, we had to have some definitive conversations. Yeah. Okay, this is what I handle. Um, this is what you handle, you know, and it's really getting a lot smoother in the past, maybe in the past four months, um, where it's very clear that, you know, I'm doing administrative, you know, that I'm kind of like doing the driving the business in a certain direction. And he handles a whole nother aspect that I have released my brain to um, mm -hmm. that will like without him there, like we wouldn't be as far as we've come at this point. And so I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. uh, we're still learning how to make that more seamless, you know, but when it comes to parenting, because so that's the that's the husband wife part. Yeah. And then when it comes to parenting with it, you know, I think that's where the strength really comes in, you know, because I don't even know that if I can articulate it 
all the way, but like he handles a very specific aspect of it. Like yeah. there's a lot that um, maybe I need to just bring him in so he can say this stuff. <laughs> but what I love about my husband too is that he is he is very in tune to the house. Mm. You know, it's not just mom drives the house. Mom is the one who does everything. Like if I step away for hours, I wish it could be days and weeks, but guess what? <laughs> we ain't there yet. But um, <laughs> if I step away, like I can come back confidently that things are still in place the way that I would have done it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like he, you know, people say when I walked away, my husband had the kids eating this and their hair looked like this and they, they were playing outside until midnight. No, no, my husband will keep the structure um, in some ways better than I do because yeah. I'm kind of free spirit with it. And, you know, things kind of flow. They flow well. Well, yeah, I think- I'm I sorry, think I feel like amazing. I'm rambling now. So no, no, I think that that was amazing, you know? And I, I always say that, you know, every business, uh, well, actually my, my background is in education. So mm-hmm. I think just to be successful, you know, and in school we have a mission, vision, and define roles. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same mm-hmm. thing with a business. You need to have a, a mission, vision, define roles. And you need to, you need to also have some, some commonality and understanding. So wh- whatever it is, the direction that you guys are headed, everyone needs to be on the same page. Yes. And in order to measure your progress, you need to have smart goals. Everybody mm-hmm. needs to have goals. So these things are, you know, they, they bleed over into all different sectors of business, running a school, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's, that's fascinating. So exactly. my, my, my question to you now is, so if, you know, I'm a family uh, and I'm interested in starting a business, what would be step one for me? You know, just getting my feet wet. What's step one? What is the early, early stages of starting my own family business. Mm-hmm. Step one is really finding something that you enjoy doing, um, not just because it makes money, but maybe something that is that fits naturally within your family, something that you're going to stay passionate about, and then then kind of get out there and 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 test the market mm-hmm. with your product or with your service. You know, I think a lot of times we get stuck in doing everything perfectly right in the beginning and you just have to get started. You just gotta get things moving and then the right things and the right people will fall into place, you know, if it's meant for you. And there's there's often times that, you know, even I was, you know, pitter patting about getting our product on the retail shelves because maybe the the packaging wasn't the way that I wanted it to look, you know? And I was like, look, everything can be refined later. Let's just get it done, you know? And you'll find that once you get out there, get yourself around people, then people will naturally start attracting you to you that can help you. Um, And you'll start getting exposed to things and resources and networks that can take you further. Awesome. So I hope you guys are listening. It is very simple. Just get out and do it. Find something that you're passionate about. Find mm-hmm. something that people want. So mm-hmm. it has to be something good. And then just get out there and do it. Mm-hmm. You cannot You cannot have analysis paralysis. 
Ooh, that's a good one. Analysis paralysis. Did you just make that up? No, no, I heard this uh, uh, from oh. a few people, but it's okay. very, very true. <laughs> okay, it's yes. True. Analysis paralysis, yeah. Yeah, you got to just it. get out there. I wish I coined that phrase, but you got to just get out there and do it. That's it. Um, and, and then I also heard from you before mentorship. So when you get out there and do it, you still need guidance. Otherwise, mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of pitfalls and obstacles that you could have circumvented mm -hmm. if you had the right mentorship. Mm -hmm. And there's a thing called circular thinking, you know, so like if you are operating off of your limited knowledge yeah. and then you only get you only talk to people within your your circle of influence and the people that you're accustomed to talking to and you don't get out to someone who's more professional, who has more information, um, resources or education than you do, then all you're gonna do is keep circulating the same information in your head and doing the same things and you'll just stay stagnant. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I felt like I need to align myself with mentors, people who can see, they can see very clearly where I am and what I need to do and then kind of pull me out of that and up to the next step, you know? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I have people that, um, that remind me of that often. Awesome. So um, as a family business, um, thinking about in the future planning, retirement planning, you know, mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're working for yourself, how do you, you know, determine what percentage you put away, like in a 401k or in some type of retirement? Uh, how much do you reinvest into the business how much do you put into other investments? Do you have like some type of, uh, you know, balancing plan of how you divvy up where your your revenue goes so that you, <laughs> do you have any- It goes all to the business <laughs> for right now, you yeah, know, yeah. until, I mean, we're still learning, we're still getting more information, but right now, especially, and you'll hear this when you watch the documentary, but, you know, there's a lot of resources that we have to, position ourselves more than the average business owner, uh -huh. you know, because of being a black owned business, mm -hmm. you know, and there's just certain things that aren't always available and especially maybe not in my knowledge base. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we talk about all the time being smarter about the way that we do things. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're still on that search, you know, and right now, um, you know, we, um, retirement and investments, all of that is part of the conversation. And we're still we're getting that information from your brother. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, now, another thing, uh, were you able to take advantage of that COVID money that Trump was throwing out yeah. to different businesses? Because that's important. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Yes, we have <laughs> a couple times. And, you know, if it, if I mean, I don't know, it was I guess it's Trump. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's one of the only things that I can say thank you to him for. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll well, take it. Well, um, so yeah, it's it's helped us and has propelled us forward. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So there's more coming. Biden's working on some stimulus checks also. So I think that's very critical for Black businesses to take advantage of it. We've been blocked out for so long from you know bank uh, access to bank uh, uh, investment or bank money for mm -hmm. so long. And now it's an opportunity to get some of that money 
to scale and grow your business. So make sure you take advantage of it. Read up, find out exactly what you um, what you're eligible for and what you can uh, what you can get for your business. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience today, Miss Amber? This is a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Anything else you want to share? that our people need to know about you or the business. Only that, you know, when you when you support Moki Pops, know that you're supporting the vision of the, the kid founders of the business. They, they are learning a lot from business. You know, as a family, this is, for anyone who goes into business as a family, you know, there's a lot of people that I think are bored in the world. If you need something to do, create a business. It gives, mm-hmm. it opens up the doors of opportunity. Like mm-hmm. where they go, what they do, who they meet has been like a blessing to them because, you know, we're pretty social even if we didn't have business, but this puts them into rooms with people they ordinarily wouldn't be in a room with. They're in events that they ordinarily wouldn't go. Our life is full. Like when we, I look back, I take pictures of everything, video of everything. One day there'll be a documentary with all my footage, but they have been in some very unique places. Wow. Um, just within their own town in, in you know, invitations that they've gotten to go to other events outside of the city. I like to think, you know, all of this Moki Pop started because we didn't want our children on devices, we wanted them to elevate their minds. And people don't give children the credit that they are due as children for being intelligent. It is an insult to children to put them in front of electronic devices every day, that they are consumers of information, of ideas every single day. Give them the opportunity to be creative because these children are brilliant. My children aren't the only ones who are brilliant. I love to think that they are like the smartest children in the entire world, but guess what? They're not. They're, all of our children are intelligent. It's just how we regard them. Listen to your children, talk to your children, engage them in conversations where they have the opportunity to, to share, um, and you will be surprised at what comes out of their mouths. We have gone to different schools, talked to children about entrepreneurship, and these children, like... They're insecure sometimes about the ideas that they have, but when you encourage them, how far that encouragement goes is a lot and will give them the confidence to do a lot more than you realize that they're capable of doing. That's that, it. That is amazing. Amazing. Um, absolutely. Our children are so bright. Um, actually, you can look up the Flynn effect. It talks about how generations get smarter and smarter and smarter. So your kids, when we were their age, they're smarter than we were when we were their age. So as time goes, people Mm -hmm. get smarter. And in the information era or age, there's so much information out there for children to get. So um, absolutely, I'm with you 100%. We we, We should not be underestimating our children. And if your children are on electric electronic devices, you need to teach them how to code, teach them how to make an app, teach them how to, to, to be an earner on a device when you can't go out because of lockdown or whatever. They can make money from their home. So I think we need to make sure that we are, are maximizing our children's potential, no matter what it is, by giving them these opportunities and, and, and pushing them to, you know, to, to make sound decisions, 
that we may think they're too immature to do, but they're they're way ahead of what we think they are. So that's a that's a great point. Um, so I need you to give me. Well, first I need you to send some Moki Pops to Dubai. <laughs> I need I need you to send some to Dubai, but I need you to give me your website. How how can people contact you? How can they order more Moki Pops? Let me have it. Okay. So um, our website is mokipops.com. That's M-O-K-I-P-O-P-S.com. You can follow us on Instagram at mokipops, M-O-K-I-P-O-P-S. And if you Google us, we're, you'll find quite a bit about us, you know, on the different social platforms. But please do. I guess our favorite request is that for you to follow us on Instagram and engage, to like, comment, and share our posts. That's what my daughter says to say. To say. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amber. It was a pleasure. Um, and, you know, I'm just so happy that you are now part of the Money Mastermind podcast catalog. We definitely have you in the building. You know what it is, folks. It's the Money Mastermind podcast. We're on all major streaming platforms. You can check me out on IG at The Real Money Mastermind. And that's it. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. You are now listening to the Money Mastermind Podcast. Mastermind. 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 Mastermind.